I got a message tonight. Listen, we're starting a brand new sermon series for the month of October. So we're a bit uh, a bit spooky this month. This is spooky. Y'all did it. I had to do it again. This sermon series is called Skeletons in My Closet. And it is a, a subtitle for the series is Hidden and Forgotten. Hidden and Forgotten. You see, so if you're if you're new to church, we're about to just, I'm gonna just start preaching. So here we go. Um, I gotta do that, right? Because then like is this the preaching? Because I'm like, I'm crying over here, like, what's going on? When did he start? <laughs> Here's the thing about like closets is that we've all got one. <laughs> like, if you in here, hey, yo, time out, hold up, beep, call the flag on the play. <laughs> if you in here, and you're going to tell me you don't got no closet, you're going to tell me you ain't got no dirt, because here's the truth, and the Bible speaks truth. Someone shout amen. How y'all doing in the front? Y'all feel good? I like the front, because we really rock with each other. Shout out to y'all. How's the middle section doing? How y'all feeling? I like that. I like that. How's the back doing? My back. How you doing? Everybody in the back. And if you didn't scream, like, where are you? You know what I'm saying? Here's the thing about, yo, you got, the Bible's clear on this. You, you, you were born into sin. You know that. I saw a video the other day. Some kid had chocolate all over his face. His mom was like, did you eat the chocolate? He said, No. Like, boy, you lie. Who taught you how to lie? You got to teach a kid how to lie. <laughs> Kids just, you ever met a bad kid? You're like, bro, you've been lying like four years. How you so bad? <laughs> Dang. You got to teach kids how to be bad. Here's why. Because kids are born into a world. Listen, when you're born into this world, you're born into this world of sin. You understand that? Like, like when we're born from Adam and Eve, understand, like, their kids came after the fall. Y'all with me? So there's a curse of sin and death over each human being. But Jesus broke the curse. Oh, see, tonight it's about closets, but a reason about it's really about Jesus breaking the curse. Because the closet before Jesus, it has some power, right? So if you fell before Jesus showed up, man, there's some consequences. But after Jesus show up, after he pays for all sin and death, dies and raises up on the third day with all power, listen, guess what he gives you? He gives you victory over sin. He gives you victory over death. He says, if a man lives and seeks life, he won't find it, but a man who dies for my name will find eternal life. So Jesus ended it. But here's the thing. What happens when you meet Jesus and you still got stuff in your closet? It has no power over you. Can I get an amen? Because Jesus gives you power over your closet. And we're going to get into closets, and I'm really in the metaphor right now, but stay with me. So, so Jesus, he paid for guilt. Y'all know that. He paid for shame. He paid for sin. Watch this. Yesterday's sin, today's sin, and tomorrow's sin. He covered it. He paid for it. It's gone. So sin's not the issue. You know what the issue now becomes? You know why the closet is so important? It's what you do with your sin. It's what you do with when you fail. Because you're going to fail. Oh, man, can I tell you, the Bible is so clear on that. We all fall short of the glory of God. 
no matter if you'll fail. It's a matter of when you'll fail. But can I encourage you that we're going to get into some stuff tonight. I hope you fail forward instead of failing backwards. And many people who fail backwards is because they actually were hiding something. And I see Christians all the time hiding stuff that Jesus paid for. And I see Christians all the time not letting anyone in to the room that Jesus already has property over. And you wonder why you feel like you have no integrity. It's because you're literally covering it. I'm trying not to die. So the closet has no power except for when you handle your sin incorrectly. Because if you fall and you take your mess and you stuff it in a closet, and you close the door, and you cover it up, no one will ever figure this out. No one will ever find this out. This is hidden and forgotten. You think you're walking away, but that closet follows you everywhere you go. Some of you worship and you see your closet. Some of you try to get growing God and you're just reminded of the closet discourages you not to step into who God called you to become. You know what's wrong? It's not that you have a closet because we all got closets. It's that you've got a dirty closet. A dirty closet, first idea, is where the dirt is hidden. A dirty closet is a dirty laundry. You're nasty. <laughs> I'm talking about the dirt that you've been hiding from Jesus. He knows your dirt. The dirt you've been hiding from your leaders, we can discern it. The dirt you've been hiding from everyone around you, but you're walking around like Christmas at a zombie. You see, a dirty closet is where the dirt is hidden. Understand, when Jesus paid for everything you'd ever need, he paid for the sin, he paid for the guilt, and he paid for the shame. Then why are Christians in chains? Because they still fall. But they fall incorrectly. You mess up because you're not perfect. But you're trying to meet the standard instead of living a lifestyle. You're trying to be somebody instead of becoming somebody. I came to preach tonight. You're trying to live. You're trying to lead. You're trying to serve. You're trying to worship with skeletons in your closet. This, this series is about confession and accountability. I'm not telling you to tell everybody everything. I'm saying tell somebody everything. You need somebody in your life. This is what groups is all about. Yo, what you doing tonight, bro? You said in groups Friday night was a night. It got crazy. And I'm calling you. Where are you going right now? Oh, man. You know, you know. Now I got to really be Christian, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I can't be this two-sided Christian. I can be that if I don't connect. But if I connect, I feel the conviction. And that's my next question. Do you really want the closet to be empty? Because you can keep worshiping with skeletons, but then your worship is just smell like dead people. Here's my next idea. Listen, it's painful to talk about struggles, but it's deadly keeping them to yourself. Like, this ain't easy for some of us. This ain't easy for me. That's why I'm laughing the whole time. <laughs> it's painful to talk about your struggle, but it's deadly to just keep it to yourself. It'll just rot you right where you're at, right in your seat. It'll just rot you up keeping it to yourself, literally dying to yourself because you got this, 
this, this skeleton in the closet. You're not talking about it. You're not praying about it. You haven't even asked God for forgiveness. It's just hidden, and you think no one knows, and you're trying to run, and you're trying to, you're trying to fake the funk and trying to, like, be not a standard, but trying, trying to do something, you know? I was on a cruise once, senior cruise at PHA, Pastor Dennis Rivera. Uh, man, he's so funny. Like, he, he found a robe in his room, and the whole cruise, he couldn't take the robe off. Oh, my bad. He had a trusty sidekick, and it was Jose. Come on, somebody. My dog, Jose. Hey, y'all make, y'all make notes for Jose one time. Come on, he's the man. I love this guy so much. He's just the man with the master plan. Homeboy, Dennis and Jose. <laughs> I mean, they walk around the whole cruise with a robe and shades on, like, Everybody in their nice trucks, you know, chancletas, like chilling. My bad, slides. My bad. <laughs> chilling. Bro, these guys, you know what he told me? He was like, bro, when I put that robe on, I felt like a different person. Like, I became what the people wanted me to become. You know what I'm saying? You ever, you ever had that moment? Like, I remember with me in middle school, it was like wearing these glasses that, like, I have perfect vision. <laughs> I don't need glasses. But I went weeks of my life putting on glasses and people would ask me stuff like what happened to your oh no my eyes good okay why you got glasses on i like the way they look you know they do something to me you know i feel studious i feel studious i feel like i read i feel smart hey don't tell me like you ever put on something and like completely change your persona like you just you become it like girl you really act like beyonce right now like you better put it down Here's the thing, like, we're so much more like that with the spiritual things than we think. Like, we're so much of like, hey, y'all, y'all see, y'all see my, y- y'all see my worship? It sound good, don't it? Hey, y'all see my church attendance? I've been going every week since like 2013. We didn't even start our church in 2013. We launched in 2015. And you started in spring 2016. What you thought? Oh man, I just perfect. I'm just, I'm, I'm such a, I'm, oh man, oh. Psh. And you're, 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 you're trying to look like something for people to recognize you. You're trying to look like something for people to, to give you, to give you hype. Listen, it's too easy to act like you're okay. That's way too easy. You know what's hard? You know the man I like really respect, the man who opens up when he feels like he's about to die. The man who comes up to me and says, listen, I'm at the end of my, I'm ready to do something different. I'm dying. I'm struggling. I'm underwater. I'm drowning. And I see a man who is ready for God to do something amazing in their life. Here's my title for tonight. Honesty is our freedom. Let's get this thing out. Let's get this thing out. Let's go. Let's go. Run it up. Run it up. Shout out to Head Out. Let's go. Let's go. He's the man. Somebody say, honesty. Come on. Say it like you mean it. Honesty. Is our freedom. So, so, so how are you free? You guys are the bomb. You know what? Just put it right in front, and I'll just teach in front. Like, right there. Boom. And I'll just teach from right here. You guys are the best. Give, my, make, give it up for these guys. Come on, give it up. Y'all ready for this? I say y'all ready for this? Okay, Eli, I want you to put up on the screen a projected perspective and what it defines. So, like, this whole room can't see the screen, but I'm going to write down what's on the screen on the board. Is that cool? Awesome. I believe when it comes to honesty, and I wasn't the 
best in literature. So my, uh, how many perspectives? Two perspectives. There's a rejected one and an accepted one. And me and Pastor Dennis came up with this, so you can't find this nowhere. Don't, don't search it. <laughs> but it's legit. Y'all ready for this? This is wild. You guys got the rejected, right, on screen? Cool. Here we go. So this is how the cycle begins with the rejected perspective of what? Honesty. Because every time a Christian is, is, is about to get honest, you know it's about to get real. And you can either be attracted to the real or you could be, y'all with me? These, these guys are moving the lights. To, you guys are incredible. Actually, no, go back in the board. Can you give me a gobo just to show everyone this is pretty dope? Give me a gobo. That's a gobo. <laughs> it's like, what? I right, go back to the right. You guys are the best. Thank you. Okay, anyways. <laughs> like, where was I, right? So you start off rejected. That's how the cycle starts over here. You guys with me? Rejected. Now that you have been rejected, there's a standard. Let me explain. We're, we're going to be a church that's a bit more honest. And because we're a bit more honest, you can either be repelled by that or you can be attracted to that. That this is finally a people that want to walk alongside me. It's finally people that won't judge my journey, but they'll walk with me every day. They'll, just, they'll walk with me. They've got the patience to, to, to just be there with me. And, and that's, that's the Christian that is accepted. But the type of person that's rejected with honesty, first, you are rejected because you didn't meet the standard. You guys with me? So... I expected you to have straight A's, right? And you didn't add up to straight A's, so you didn't meet the standard, right? This is the rejected view of honesty. When you don't meet the standard, what comes after the standard? You change. Now, why is that dangerous? Because God is never, I don't want to jump this, I can't get that idea in there. We're going to hit it in that side, sorry. Somebody say rejected. Somebody say standard. Somebody say change. When you have been rejected by somebody's honesty, you didn't get straight A's. You now understand that the standard to being perfect is straight A's. If someone tells you, hey, man, you fell, oh, man, look at you go. Tighten up, G, you know what I'm saying? Like, or, or let's get, can we get real? Rejected honesty. Dude, honestly, I know you put a lot of effort into that, but it's, it's whack. Or rejected honesty, right? My honesty, this is, here's the thing about rejected honesty. It's never meant to build you. It's always meant to tear you down. Hey, bro, your honesty, your, your outfit is whack. Who's that helping? You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not really building me up. You're saying my outfit is whack, and because my outfit is whack, now I need Jordans to fit in. And now because I need Jordans, I don't even wear Jordans. And now... Now I got to change my wardrobe. I got to change now to meet the standard. But you know what happens when you try to change to meet a standard? You get to this awesome place, not awesome, of not good enough. And here's the worst thing about this cycle. It never stops. Rejected by somebody. 
because you meet the standard. You understand the new standard. You change. After you change, you're not good enough. Then you're rejected. There's a new standard. You now change it a little more. All right, I, I, I went more shots this time. Not good enough. Now you're rejected again. It's an honesty of destruction. And instead of you becoming, you're actually a reflection of your environment. Can I tell you the accepted perspective? Go ahead and put it up. First, you start with accepted, and then you go to a lifestyle. Listen, bro, you got this struggle, all right? I know you got the struggle. Thank you for letting me know. Thank you, honesty. Thank you for letting me know your struggle. I want to let you know you're accepted. Thank you for bringing me in and letting me know you've been sleeping with that girl. I want to let you know I'm not going to reject you, but I'm going to use honesty to propel you. Y'all with me? Thank you for telling me. Now that you've been honest, I can work with you because God can't bless who you pretend to be. So now that you're honest, I can take this fun word called honesty and go into the closet and let you know in your closet you're accepted in love. What does that lead to? Now you need a lifestyle change. Now you need to stop going to the club. And listen, right now some of you guys are going to the club every week and coming to Tuesday. That's fine. But once you get plugged into small groups, once you get alongside a bunch of different other Christians who've got a right mind on their way, who've got the word in their heart and the spirit in their souls, walking, breathing, eating. Y'all with me? They'll lead you to a better lifestyle. And you have, you have a decision to make. Am I going to adjust to the lifestyle of kingdom or am I going to run back to the world where I'll only be not good enough? So when you come to New Birth, you're not going to just get good ideas. All my points aren't just going to start with T, trust, and, you know, take and, 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 and touch. Yeah, T, T, T. You're not going to get stuff that makes you feel good. You're going to get this lifestyle that comes from honesty because of what Jesus did. happens when this begins to change. What's after lifestyle? You become. And now you're not changing for everybody and changing your outfits and changing your Instagram profiles and just changing and you're changing to match up, to meet up, and you want more likes, and you want more attention, and you want more love, and you and you you're changing and you're changing and you don't even know who you are anymore. And that's the, the battle because in Christ, you don't change, you become. Because the lifestyle is actually put inside of you. You see, this is changed from the outside in. You change on the outside and expect something to happen on the inside. This is changed from the inside out. Where the peace of God comes in you and you're able to give peace to everybody around you. When the forgiveness of God comes into your heart. And you're able to forgive people you haven't forgiven for years. And the love of God comes over you. So now you love your family, you respect your family, and you honor your parents. Because it's something you weren't able to do before. You don't know how. It's because you're not, you're not faking it this time. You actually changed your lifestyle, which is actually making you become something you never thought you would have become. I had a conversation with someone who got saved. They're like, hey, man, I never hugged nobody in my life. I can't stop hugging my sister. I just can't stop hugging her. This is crazy. You're becoming something you never thought you would have become. And then you 
realize, not that you're not good enough, but you're just not there yet. You see the accepted version of honesty. Okay, mama, you, you, you got drunk that night. It's cool, it's cool. We're going to work on this. We're going to work on this. You got to change some things. Y'all, this is supposed to help like so much people tonight. We're going to work on this because when you work on this, you'll become something you never thought you would have become. And if you try to skip this, this is coming to church and putting a mask on. Look, I've arrived. Look, I've become. When you're blending this with this. And your honesty is, is up to so that people won't judge you. So in Christ, your lifestyle changes. You become something you never thought you would. But then you get to this awesome place that Kanye is about to read. I love it. Because he's like, he's growing in God and it's publicly and people are slandering him. And I'm like, you're not Jesus. Um, anyways. Don't say that. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out, yay. Um, that was a flesh moment. Sorry about that. Just kidding. Someone prayed about that. If I see Ye tonight, and I'm playing. <laughs> when is it going to stop? We don't know. All right. Is he joking? Okay, not there yet. So, yeah, you fell, but you, you, it's not that you're not enough. You're just not there yet. I promise you. I promise you. Drugs seems like the biggest thing in your life right now, but there's so much more. I, you're, just, you're just not there yet. Sex with all uh, different people every night. I, I know that seems like just the rest of your life, but listen, it, you, you're becoming something crazy that you've never been before. And, and because you don't add up, it's not because you're not good enough. It's just you're not there yet. What's in between becoming and not being there yet? Fallen. But listen, remember this cycle started with acceptance. So yeah, you became and you realized you fail. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Some, something lands in your closet. What are you going to do? Uh, 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 you're going to be honest. take it out, head out. And the cycle continues. And I love last week's message, right? I'm becoming. I'm becoming. Through patience. Through the process. Through pain. Y'all here, right? I said I'm to do things with peace and I did it last week. Look at me. This church is not about a standard. It's about a lifestyle. It's not about you changing. I know that sounds a lot like a lot of churches you've been to. It's not about changing. It's about becoming. Change is outside in. Becoming is inside out. And all my leaders are like, you haven't read any verse yet. What's the trick? Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. And I am certain that God who began the good. I'm certain. certain. Like. I'm certain, like, I, see, I, I, I translate that to ratchet certain. You got to read, read the Bible with some fun, y'all. Have fun when you read the Bible. Some of y'all are way too boring. And, and I am certain. I read the Bible like, I'm certain. And I'm certain, I'm like, sure. I'm like, positive. I'm certain. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like sure. I'm 100%. Somebody say 100 I'm so sure. What are you so sure about, Paul? Right? There's a book of Philippians. He's writing to the church of Philippi. 
you see in the New Testament, Paul's writing to a bunch of churches that he started and that he's had leaders and they've stepped up and he writes letters to them. Theologians believe the most letters he wrote was to the, the church in Corinth. Uh, it, it was just a really secular church. So he's just constantly, hey, guys, don't do this. Don't do that. Right? He's teaching them lifestyle. So this is his letter to the church of Philippi, right? It's the actual location of, on the other side of the world. So he says, I, and I'm certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work. Someone say continue until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So, so Paul's giving these people this long view. He's saying, listen, I know you're not there yet because you failed. But listen, you're accepted. And, and the reason why you can keep moving forward, the reason why you can keep growing is because Jesus isn't done with you yet. I am like certain that he started something in you. And here's the key word. He will continue it. He will continue it. When you get saved, you don't stop growing. You don't stop. You continue. I was saved X amount of years ago. And every day I'm always being saved. Every day I'm continuously wrecked by the love of God. Every day it's another altar moment that I need to die to my flesh and say yes to Jesus. If you've been Christian longer than three months, you'll realize this. You say yes to Jesus every day. You don't just say it one time. That was an amazing moment. And that changed everything. And you marked that day in the calendar when you got saved. But every day you're getting saved. Because he's continuously doing something in you. And when is he done? When he returns. So don't get tired of becoming. Because you're going to keep becoming. And that's why life is awesome. Because no one's arrived. Imagine if there was an arrival. I'm certain that God will continue his work until you reach 50 and you study the Bible and you memorize every verse. And then the work is good. What happened? People were rushed to meet that standard. People were rushed up to be hit the mark. And they say, well, I'm good. God ain't continuously doing nothing. I've reached God-like levels. Humble yourself. You're perfect when you're glorified in the book of Revelation. When he puts together something, you won't be there. But until then, you're always going to be becoming. I'm going to be this, the, the, like, the, like when I'm 70, I, I'm really going to just try to be like the biggest student ever. Like, I'm not going to stop being a student. I don't only learn from school. I learn from my failures. Watch this. I learn from other people's failures. Sometimes I learn more from other people's mistakes than my own. I learn a lot. I don't stop learning. Why? Because I'm always becoming. I'm continuously being worked on. So that's where that cycle keeps going. But I want to end tonight, and it's and we usually don't go this late. But I want I want to give you this. I'm going to give you this. I want to jump a couple points, Eli. Is is this? God desires honesty. He desires it. What does God desire? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and he leads to creating man. He starts, he starts Adam, and then he starts Eve. And he has this perfect relationship, God walking with man. It's just this, this relationship where you're fully known, fully accepted, fully loved. And it's Adam and Eve with God. And there's just this, this honesty, right? Like fully known, fully accepted, fully feeling the authority and the friendship of Jesus, and and here's what's funny about this is is this that that up until the fall of man, 
Adam and Eve had to play hide and seek with God. What's funny is that God knew where, he knew where they were. If you look at the book of Genesis, you see God call out, Adam, where are you? Adam, where are you? Notice, what does Adam and Eve do right after they fall? They cover. They hide. They take the skeleton and they put it in the closet. And what does God do? Does he curse them forever? No, he, he, he makes a new way and then resets with Noah and keeps going and then sends Jesus and here we are today, right? That's what he does. That's what he does. But what he wants, and this is why he sent the Holy Spirit, is that you can just be honest with the stuff in your closet. Because if you're not telling nobody, it'll kill you. Many of you know the story, many of you don't. I'm going to fly through. This is David, King David. Man, his, his, his real story, he was leading God's people. He's really the OG of OGs when it comes to kings. But there's a, a moment in his kingship where he falls. Instead of going out to battle, he sends everybody else out. And, and there it goes right there, right? Like, before something crazy happened in his life, he gave away responsibility. <laughs> so if you're seeking after comfort, you'll probably will be tempted very soon. So he sends everybody out to war, and he's sitting in his kingdom. And just as he glances around, around the kingdom and nearby homes, he sees Bathsheba taking a bath. Bathsheba taking a bath. I love seeing that story just to say that. Anyways, I'm sorry. They fall. He, he, he actually makes her become pregnant, and then he, he, he puts her husband to die in war to cover it up. The thing about David's story is that the story of David goes on. Like, this is a really bad moment. Like, this is a really bad moment in his life. But it keeps moving forward. Can I take you to the book of Psalms written by David, the man who, who fell, like the king of God's people that committed adultery, technically committed murder and was hiding it and this is his prayer he writes in the book of psalms 51 he writes his prayer down he writes down his prayer and he begins to apologize and get this perspective from god and and and, and then i really feel listen all tonight if you get anything it's psalms 51 if you get anything this, this is what you need to get it's these verses because we know god desires honesty we know the two perspectives of honesty cycles, the rejected and the accepted one. But here's the truth. Until you see someone else in that situation, it'll really click in your head. And when I was just reading these verses, I literally saw, I said, man, I'm going to hold these verses to the end. We usually, we usually read verses in the beginning. I want to hold them out all the way to the end because I, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to do something in this moment. Before we get to these verses, I want to give you this last idea. Some of you need to turn your dirty closet into a prayer closet. You need to take what the enemy meant for evil and you need to turn it to good. You need to take that lifestyle that you've been feeding and now start, it's time to start feeding a different lifestyle. And the, the truth is you can't eliminate anything. You can only replace. I'm trying to eliminate everything. I don't want to do anything anymore. But then you can be doing nothing and you're going to go back to it. Don't just eliminate. Remove and replace with the things of the Lord. Seek after God. Pray to him. I said this earlier. I'll say it again. Someone said this. I love it. I, I don't pray longer than two minutes, but I don't go two minutes without praying. Pray to God. Talk to God. It's a conversation. Be honest with God. Again, fast. Like, put something on pause and put the Holy Spirit on play. Read God's word. God's not speaking to you. You're not reading his word. 
anoint what the enemy has cursed. Put oil in areas that have been cursed. And I promise you, you'll see life gain transformation. I want to read to you Psalms 51 from the back because it's going to wreck you. Let's read it together. It says in Psalms 51, have mercy. Someone say have mercy. Have mercy. This is how we ought to pray. We, we don't pray like, God, you, you got to make my, my check get bigger. That's not how we start. Look how we start. We say, God, have mercy. Someone say have mercy. Have mercy on me, oh God, because of your unfailing love. Because of your great compassion, blot out the stains of my sin. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin. For I recognize my rebellion. I love this. That's the part of the son. He came to his senses. He recognized that he was doing something he knew his father didn't want him doing. And most of salvation is you just coming to your senses and recognizing that you are an enemy of God when you live like the world. And God still loves you and his blood is over you and he accepts you. But man, what's going to stop you from being who God called you to be is, is uh, making your rebellion look pretty. It's making your rebellion look, uh, you know, cookie cutter. It's making it, you know, sugar coated. He said, no, no, I recognize my rebellion. I know I'm jacked up. And it haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say, and your judgment against me is just. For here we go, here's his his theology. For I was born a sinner. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. But you desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. Purify me from my sins, and I will be clean. Wash 